Six of Taekwondo, The Shame Chronicles. I'm Kyle. And I'm Melanie, and today we have a special guest, my husband, Josh. Hello. Hey, Josh. Uh, welcome back. Um, I know uh, last time, um, you know, was your first episode. Um, that was a really good episode. It's a shame that we lost that one uh, <laughs> to my hard drive somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Or, I guess, to not my hard drive, uh, since it couldn't be saved. Um, Just sort of uh, as a recap for for those of you who maybe didn't catch last week's episode, I figured maybe we would (laughs) start out... (laughs) We definitely didn't catch last week's episode. (laughs) Yeah, well, I thought that maybe I would just start off this episode by sort of reviewing some of the things that we talked about um, in the last one. Uh, okay. Just as sort of uh, a way to catch people up. We're not right. really going to go into detail in any of these. Just sort of a, a list of things that we talked about. So, um, of course, the first thing we did was we started off with uh, the first time guest interview uh, mm-hmm. where we asked Josh um, some really deeply personal questions. Um, <laughs> it was a really sort of insightful look into the mind of Melanie's husband. Um, let's see, we apologized for the bad gifts that we've given people. Um, including uh, a gift that Melanie gave, which was the gift of Christmas spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Granny. (laughs) Um, In a a twist to the um, apology segment, uh, we created a new one where we demand apologies from people um, who probably don't listen to the show. Uh, and in that segment, Josh demanded an apology from us for not mentioning uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's performance in Twister uh, from episode four. Uh, let's think, see. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I think there's a the, our chance of getting uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman on the show now has dramatically <laughs> decreased because of the lost episode. Mm. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah, we really spent uh, a long time talking about his performance in that movie, uh, and that movie in general. So uh, the fact that that was lost, yeah, that's probably going to be a problem with, uh, yeah. with booking him or Bill Paxton, Pullman, <laughs> yep. whoever it is. Uh, okay, uh, we also talked about the uselessness of business cards um, and the practicality of what we called personal cards which is um, basically a business card, but for uh, singles and swingers. <laughs> uh, we had a, a new version or a new episode of the Versus segment um, where we gave the definitive answer to the question, which hairdo is more racist, faux-hawk <laughs> or fro-hawk? Yeah, I think we really broke some boundaries with that one. I think we did. Yeah. Um. Somebody could probably listen to this podcast and use it as a source for their thesis. Probably. Yep. Uh, Let's see. We spent 10 minutes talking about the latest Twilight movie. (laughs) Which is, it's a good thing that got lost. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, maybe. Um, And finally, we announced the really um, awesome sort of expensive prizes that we're going to give away in the haiku contest. Um, 
we're not really going to go back over those prizes now. I mean, <laughs> you'll have to go back and listen to that episode, I guess, if you want to know what you're going to win uh, if you call in and leave us a haiku. So uh, can you guys think of anything I left out? I think that covers most of it. Um, I feel like that covers it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So um, once again, I just want to apologize for the people who weren't able to listen to the last week's episode, which is everyone. (laughs) Um, We'll try to do better this time. Uh, Okay. So I want to start off uh, this week's episode by talking about dreams, Um, because I've had a bunch of really weird dreams over the past week or two. Um, Mm. But before I get started, uh, Melanie or Josh, do you guys have anything, uh, any, any interesting dreams that have happened to you lately? Well, um, I have, and I, I was telling one of these dreams to a friend of mine who told me that this is probably a pregnancy dream, which I didn't realize. So, um, so the, the first one that I have to talk about is, um, I had this dream recently that I was with like a group of people and for some reason, uh, they were refusing to allow me to wear pants. (laughs) and and i can't tell you if i even had anything on at the time or like or if i wanted to wear something other than pants uh or did not like maybe they were like oh you could wear a skirt and i was like no i want to wear pants um so i don't i don't really know what the whole context of it was but i was just like i want to wear pants and they were like no and so uh, I was telling my friend about this and she was like, oh, yeah, it's probably because, you know, there's like all this stuff up in the air because you're pregnant and we're probably moving and we're graduating and all these other things are happening. And so she was saying it's probably like uh, like a lack of control that I was feeling. <laughs> but it's another one of those dreams I have where everyone's being completely unreasonable and I'm the only sane person there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it turned out, but I I woke up sort of frustrated that I was not allowed to wear pants. So, <laughs> um, and then I I've had more explicit pregnancy related dreams. Uh, I think I told you before. I I have dreams occasionally where, uh, like I will have given birth without realizing, and then like a month later, someone's like, "Hey, here's your baby." Right. Uh, I think previously you mentioned that uh, you had this dream where mom had sort of been taking care of your baby for like yes. a month, and then yes. and you didn't even know how to like change the diapers, and she also named the baby some weird <laughs> German name. Yes. So uh, I had a I had a the first dream I had about the gender of the baby, which we're finding out soon. Um, I had a dream that we had a girl, and um, and, and at this time I was actually like in the process of labor. Um, but at the last minute, I guess this was also like a home birth <laughs> because we were in our house and, but there was like a doctor there and stuff. And, uh, so I'm like giving birth to the baby and Josh is there and, um, Rory starts barking from like another room uh-huh. and, uh, I decide like the second the baby is out of me, I was like, Oh, I have to go check on Rory. There's something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I have the baby and then, like, I'm just like, Josh, hold the baby. I'll be back. <laughs> and I, like, get up and go check on Rory. <laughs> like, I don't even look at the baby at all. Like, I didn't even know it was a girl until much later when I came back. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, it's a girl. Its name is Avery. <laughs> okay. 
So that was pretty weird. <laughs> uh, yeah. That is a little weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> it sounds like you have a pretty strong fear that you're not going to be able to name your own baby. <laughs> it does seem that way. <laughs> <laughs> Which reminds me, I have something we need to talk about later concerning naming the baby and how you're not going to be able to do it. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, uh, those are my two dreams. Okay. Uh, Josh, have you had any weird dreams? Do you have weird dreams, Josh? Um, I don't have dreams, I don't think, that are as weird as Melanie's, uh, content-wise. <laughs> sure. I have um, something that some people might call night terrors. Um, or sleep paralysis was another way that people talk about it. I, I think so. I, I don't actually, that sometimes too. Yeah, I don't. Um, so I don't actually think it's very funny, but apparently other people <laughs> think it's funny. <laughs> um. So recently, I had um, this one where, well. I have this recurring one where I feel like there's some sort of intricate network, um, like behind my pillows. Um, and I often think that it's leaking. Um, it's like a network of pipes or something. Um, and so it's usually what happens is it'll, there'll, there'll be a shift between my dreaming and my being awake. And in the process of that, I physically act on what I think is happening. Um, and so I'm sort of digging around back there and looking for whatever is going on so that I can figure out, you know, how to stop the leaking. Um, <laughs> and then recently I had this dream where I was trying to figure that out. And then Melanie was like, would you just leave it alone? Because it's a surprise. And apparently they were uh, making uh, some sort of surprise for me that involved an intricate network of pipes behind my pillows. Um, <laughs> and so in the dream, I was like, well, I wish you would have told me that because for weeks now I've been thinking that something's back there. And then I've been thinking that I'm dreaming and it's really freaking me out. And so then in the dream and also sort of when I woke up after the dream in which I was looking for uh, the intricate network, I thought, Oh, well, they're just working on that surprise, so I don't have to worry about that anymore. So and I'm thinking maybe, maybe that will be the end of that dream. I don't know. I was going to say, have you worried about it since then? No, I haven't had that one since then. Oh. But it hasn't been that long. I think that I should just, like, at any point in time while you're sleeping, just lean over and, like, whisper in your ear, like, it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's probably not a bad idea. <laughs> well, maybe you could just, like, get a recording and then, like, sort of play that back in a loop. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually I go, I just go around in normal life thinking that nothing is real. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, is that real? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I feel like the most extreme version of this that you've had, if you don't mind me telling everyone in the world who listens to this, um, is the one when you thought there was an alligator on the floor? Yeah. And uh, you jumped out of the bed and went to the bathroom. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's correct. Not like not like went to the bathroom, peed, but like right. physically ran, went ran to, ran to the bathroom. bathroom. <laughs> Basically, ran to the bathroom in one giant leap. <laughs> <laughs> and it woke me up. <laughs> I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and then he told me. Well, he obviously realized because he was awake at that point uh, that it was kind of silly. Because um, obviously there was not an alligator there, but uh, but I instantly was sort of like, "Well, thanks for leaving me behind." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sometimes it often takes some sort of intense physical reaction to uh, finally get me out of the in between state, or I will like lie there for a really long time thinking that something's going on, like. Mm-hmm there's a snake right next to me in bed and I can't move. <laughs> uh, so I don't really get that much quality sleep. I don't think. <laughs> uh, so that's sort of, I mean, it's almost like a sleepwalking thing, right? Yeah. I used to sleepwalk when I was a kid. I, um, I had a, I had a really weird experience that happened to me like maybe two, uh, two new years ago. Uh, or maybe it was the 4th of July, um, but I was... <laughs> Those are like opposites. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, uh, like most of the time I spend 4th of July and New Year's uh, at Lauren's parents' house, so I, oh, okay. I get those those two holidays confused a lot. Um, they both include fireworks also. Yeah, that's, that's definitely it. So I think this was probably, this is definitely after a, a long night of drinking and shooting fireworks. So I think it was probably 4th of July. Um... But I went to bed drunk, and I fell asleep, and then probably at, I don't know, three or four in the morning, um, I woke up, and I just really had to, I, I felt this like really intense urge that I needed to save everyone, <laughs> mm-hmm. and the way that I thought to do this was I, I went and stood over next to the alarm clock, I picked it up off of the table, and I stared directly into its LCD screen. <laughs> and I just started uh, pushing all the buttons. <laughs> um, I really have no idea how that was going to save everyone. <laughs> Maybe you thought it was a bomb. I think that that must have been what it was because it was like the you know the red numbers and stuff, and I guess I thought it was counting down or something. <laughs> So from what I understand from television, uh, if you think something's a bomb, you should just start pushing all the buttons. <laughs> At least you didn't throw it across the room. <laughs> or like through a window. Yeah, that would have been really embarrassing. I mean, way more embarrassing than what actually happened. <laughs> Did you pretty... wake anybody up? Yeah, because Lauren was in the room with me. So she she woke up and she's like, what the hell are you doing? And then I, of course, like kind of snapped out of it. But yeah, that was really weird. Yeah, it's pretty strange. <laughs> uh, okay, so I had, over the past two weeks, I've had three sort of really weird dreams that I can remember. Um, the first one uh, I actually had this morning, or the first one that I'm going to talk about. Um and this was like uh, I was in like a Chips Ahoy uh, commercial for like the Chips Ahoy <laughs> cookies or whatever. And you know Were how you a grown man or a child? 
I think I was a grown man, but I think this okay. was like a, a Halloween version of Chips Ahoy cookies. Okay. Um, and you know how the slogan is like a thousand chips in every bag. Um, <laughs> for whatever reason, uh, all I remember from this dream is the commercial came on, and instead of saying a thousand chips in every bag, they said, <laughs> wow, okay, it's really hard for me to say this without laughing. Um, <laughs> uh Come for the crimes, stay for the murder. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) And so you had to say this, or that it came on? Um, it was a. I was watching a commercial, so it was on the commercial. Oh, okay. That's pretty weird. Yeah. I like the indication that um, murder is not a crime. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Was there any follow-up, or did they just show, like, an image of the cookies? (laughs) It was like, it was like cookies, and it was, I mean, so the the picture had, like, a bag of cookies, and then it was, like, Halloween-themed, so it had, like, bats and, um, like, uh, jack-o'-lanterns. Okay. Uh, no murderers, as far as I could see. <laughs> but but the text was on the screen, so it was like a guy said it, and the text was on the screen. Come for the crimes, stay for the murder. <laughs> That's really strange. Uh, yeah, I thought so. Um, <laughs> okay, so let me talk about the, the next dream. Um, I had this one uh, last week, maybe like five or six days ago. Um, and this, the setting of this is, uh, like right outside of a six flags, like right as you're about to go in. Um, so there's a, there was a table there with, uh, Mitt Romney and John McCain standing behind it. (laughs) Um, and I don't, I don't know what they were doing. I guess they were campaigning or something, uh, you know, for all the people that are coming into six flags. (laughs) Um, and so they're sort of, I don't know, like on the table, there's like all these like snack foods. And so they're just kind of snacking on things. Mm-hmm. And then at one point, uh, Mitt Romney turns to John McCain and like puts a cracker in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, okay, this next part is, is really weird. <laughs> um, Weirder than that? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure how the best way to describe this or what the best way to describe this is, but basically Mitt Romney kind of reached out towards John McCain's face and <laughs> stroked his beak. His beak? <laughs> yeah. Like, as if... So John McCain looked normal. He didn't have a beak. But uh-huh. Mitt Romney sort of stroked his face as if he had a beak. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, that's all I really remember about that dream. Uh, but I I thought that was sort of noteworthy for being uh, sort of batshit insane. Yeah. Um, okay, and then the last dream I'm going to talk about. This one, uh, I don't really know what to make of this dream, and it's kind of long, so um, I wrote down a little, I wrote down some notes so I wouldn't forget any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess the this one has more of a narrative to it. Um, the setup is that, uh, I wasn't me. Like I was sort of 
behind the eyes of someone who wasn't myself. Um, but this person was sort of like a, almost like a Holden Caulfield type who mm -hmm. didn't really feel like he belonged, just kind of a loner. Um, which, I mean, I guess everyone kind of is a little bit like Holden Caulfield, but for whatever reason in the dream, I knew that this wasn't actually me. Um, it took place, uh, this person was like a freshman or sophomore in high school, uh, somewhere on the East Coast. Okay. Um, <laughs> the reason why I'm giving you all these details is some of these become important later on. Okay. Um, so it starts off, and I'm eating breakfast, and I'm looking through this magazine, and at the end of the magazine, I see an ad for uh, this kind of alternative school for kids who feel like they don't belong. <laughs> uh, so then the next part of the dream that I remember I'm sort of on my way to school uh, on my way to high school and I decide you know what I'm just going to run away and go to this alternative school uh, so sort of along the way I stop for whatever reason I stop in this men's clothing store um, where I, there's like another kid who's kind of like me uh, sort of like a loner um not really, uh, who doesn't really have like a lot of friends. And there are all these uh, other bullies sort of making fun of how he was dressed. Um, and I didn't do anything about it because I didn't want to like bring their attention onto me. Uh, mm -hmm. So I sort of just looked on and felt helpless, and then I eventually left. Um, <laughs> so then uh, I'm getting closer to this school. For, I don't know, this school is maybe uh, like five or six miles away. Um, mm -hmm. I'm getting closer to it. Uh, I'm walking along this thing that looks sort of like a boardwalk, um, or maybe like a canal, uh, mm -hmm. with like apartment buildings on both sides. Um, mm -hmm. there's sort of like a, almost like a carnival feeling to it a little bit. Um, and as I'm getting closer, I'm like getting more and more excited. Like, yes, I'm going to go to the school where, uh, where I'll be accepted and I can sort of, uh, be free to be whoever I want. Um, and at this point in the dream, I have this really intense internal understanding that I'm a lesbian. <laughs> uh, not like in a sexual way, just like in a, I don't know. Uh, like a cultural way? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know, maybe my mind was just going to the place of um, what's sort of like the hardest loneliest person I could be at this moment and that's maybe a teenage lesbian who's not out yet yeah um so finally I get to the I get to this place I get to the address of the school and I, I knock on the door um it just looks like a regular apartment building um and another sort of uh high school age girl opens the door she seems really uh like reluctant to let me in She's like looking like really nervous, uh, but I say that I'm I'm there to join the school. She finally lets me in, and so I'm kind of walking around, and it's just an apartment. Like there's no school here, uh, <laughs> so, but I'm walking around, uh, and I see this refrigerator, and uh, the refrigerator has like this handwritten sign on it that says "Keep Out" in big letters. Mm -hmm. Um. And then, at this point in the dream, I have this, like, sudden revelation that this is a secret doorway <laughs> to, like, a, to a society that's run by children. <laughs> and I feel, I feel like my life is sort of going to change forever, 
Uh, like, I'm going to go on lots of adventures. Uh, I'm not going to have to, like, listen to adults anymore. Uh, like, I'm going to get along. I'm going like, to make lots of friends there. Um, and then so I start opening the refrigerator, and then I wake up. Oh, no. <laughs> no, but I don't know. I woke up with, like, this really intense feeling of satisfaction. <laughs> That's pretty strange. Yeah, I wasn't really sure what to think about that dream. <laughs> um, are you feeling alienated in your life, Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Do you wish you could go back to a time when things were simpler? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I feel comfortable with who I am. Um, I mean, I may be a little bit lonely because of, uh, you know, the fact that Lauren's in another state. Um, but I mean, other than that, I mean, I don't feel, uh, I don't feel like I'm like repressing part of my personality and I don't feel like, uh, like I don't get along with people. Right. So, so I don't know. Hmm. Maybe it wasn't necessarily a literal, um, place of kids just living on their own maybe it was like you opened the door to your own innocence <laughs> exactly <laughs> well okay i guess and it, it sucks that i woke bright. up then <laughs> uh, that's why you're so satisfied when you woke up <laughs> yeah uh well, okay. Anyway, I guess that dream wasn't really that funny, <laughs> um, but it was a it was a weird dream that I had. So, um, you guys want to take a break? Sure. Sure. All right. Uh, you've been listening to Taekwondo: The Shame Chronicles, and we'll be right back. All right. Uh, welcome back, um, guys. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, theme music. Um. Obviously, uh, the first uh, five episodes of this podcast have sort of been uh, without it, and mm-hmm. I think it's it's really time that we you know, decide on something. Um, uh, my my original idea was that we would write our own, uh, but I also thought that maybe we could like uh, listen to some royalty free music and see if there's something we liked. Uh, mm-hmm. And as I was sort of going down this path of uh, finding royalty free music. Um, I really discovered why a lot of this music is free. (laughs) Um, And it's sort of, uh, I guess, maybe three primary reasons. Um, One is that uh, it's sort of bad. Um, Like, badly produced, or maybe it's like all like kind of that tinny uh, MIDI music, where (laughs) it's like the... A sort of electronic uh, violin or whatever <laughs> that just sounds really bad. Um, the other, the other reason, or one of the other reasons, is a lot of times it's in a sort of a genre that nobody cares about or that nobody <laughs> wants to listen to. So as I was looking, I sort of found um, a few genres uh, that I'm just going to sort of list off here, and uh, you guys will see why. Uh, you know, these people don't have labels behind them. Um, so one of these is called Noise. Um, mm-hmm. 
as far as I could tell, it was just like people sort of uh, yelling into the microphone to the point where it was like <laughs> clipping or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, people like making uh, sort of dubstep noises with their mouths. Um, there's another genre called freak folk, um, which I couldn't really tell. Sorry, say that again. What? How do you spell that? Uh, F R E A K hyphen F O L K. Okay. <laughs> um, Just a yeah. There's another <laughs> one called uh, Sludge, <laughs> which I believe is sort of like a mix between noise and like a like metal. Okay. So there's like lots of guitars. It's like a really sort of lo-fi sound. Um, the people singing are kind of unintelligible. Uh, then there's something called sound collage, which is sort of like, uh, just sound effects sort of mixed together into sort of a rhythmic, uh, sound. Um, and then the last one I want to talk about is called unclassifiable. (laughs) Um, now I'm not certain like who gets to tag these songs with the, with these genres, uh, I'm assuming it's the artist who uploads it, um, but unclassifiable could be anywhere from just like your standard pop to noise to sort of something in between. Um, in in one case, it was just sort of a guy talking, uh, not really about anything, just like words coming out of his mouth, almost like a, um, uh, like a stream of conscious, Con- okay. conscious, yeah. Uh, but I did find a couple of songs uh, that are almost real songs um, at a place called musicalley.com. And basically what I did is I just sort of searched for theme uh, songs that would fit with the theme of the podcast, which is the, the Shame Chronicles, so shame, embarrassment. Basically all I did was um, I, I typed in shame and... Uh, <laughs> That's dangerous on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Uh, It wasn't... I mean, it wasn't anything dirty that came back, Mm. so that's fine. But uh, out of maybe 500 or so songs, I found uh, three that I thought might might fit. So I'm just going to play these real quick. Okay. Okay, uh, this first song is called It's a Shame. Uh, by the band Groovy Uncle, and the genre is garage punk. Okay. Okay, here goes. Uh, I'm going to turn the volume way down. (laughs) Give me a second. That's the kind of music you got to rock out to, man. <laughs> uh, well, okay, I might not actually be able to turn the volume down. So these these songs are just going to sound uh, really clipped uh, <laughs> in the recording. Uh, so I'll just continue playing this one. Nobody listens to us anymore Just like nobody makes a big fuss anymore That's how lies go by with It's a shame 
So, uh, I thought that song was pretty good. I yeah, I, I dig it. Yeah, I mean, I could see that sort of being the the theme song to our podcast. I mean, it doesn't really <laughs> yeah. the shame part of it isn't really anything about embarrassment. It's really just sort of uh, like sort of a bad luck kind of thing. Right. Sort of like uh, it was a shame that you lost that podcast from last <laughs> week. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <But> maybe. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I'll just download this song and call it episode five. <laughs> Isn't, there wasn't there a line about something about nobody listens to us anymore? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Oh, uh, I, like, I like to think um, that they're not actually, the singer's not actually British. <laughs> just doing an accent? Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably not. Uh, okay, so let's listen to the next one. Okay. Um, this one's probably going to sound really bad when we play it uh, back through the audio, or back through the podcast, uh, because it's the genre is crunk rock. <laughs> um, the song is called Shame on You Scabs. Oh, gosh. And the band is called uh, Fake Shark Real Zombie. <laughs> wow. I like everything about it. <laughs> Uh, okay, hopefully this doesn't sound too terrible. Uh, but here we go. I mean, more terrible than the song. <laughs> okay, I think that's probably enough. <laughs> uh, I liked everything about it until I listened to it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I did too. The only reason why I even picked that song is because of, well, the genre, the artist, and the song. <laughs> um, the title, not the music. Uh, okay, so there's one more from this site. Uh, <laughs> and I think this is probably the best one. Okay. Um, not necessarily best quality-wise, but best uh, humor-wise. <laughs> this song uh, is called Real Shame. Um, the artist is C Dash Kuntz. Uh, that's Q U N C E. And uh, the genre is mixed. Uh, okay, here goes. Big up our base on production. Yes, CQ, right here. Here we go. It's a good will shame. It's a good will shame. It's a good will shame. How everybody's living is a real will shame. It's a good will shame. It's a good will shame. It's a real will shame. How everybody's living is a real will shame. I got to pay the bills now. Bellet is coming through my door. Wow. I've got to pay that tax because when it hits you, it's like smack. This country ain't cheap. They need the skin just like a sheep. This country ain't hats, they need to dare all alone in grief It's like everything is rising, petrol, food, tuition fees rising Two years ago, six pound forty, one return tickets from home to uni One year on, I get the same ticket, and it cost me eight pound forty Two thousand six, getting worse, trust me It's a Google shame <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I think my favorite part about that song is that it doesn't really rhyme or have any rhythm. <laughs> I like the echo. There's like an echo on it. Uh, well, that could that could have been uh, due to the the audio clipping problem. I'm not really sure. Hmm. Um, I like to think it was intentional. <laughs> Uh, I really liked the part where he sort of starts describing all of the sort of uh, <laughs> the costs of things. <laughs> like, uh, I think he said something about three fifty for petrol. Yeah. Uh, he said something about the cost of tuition going up at uni. Yeah, and something about a plane ticket, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, it's a real, real shame. I think that would make really great closing music. Because it's sort of like um, at the end of a movie. I feel like that's the kind of song that would play at the end of a movie. Like about inner city kids. You mean a Michelle Pfeiffer kind of movie? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. But it would be uh, like a British knockoff. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, they, there's... Did, sorry, go I'm ahead. I'm sorry, this is off topic. But do they have like a... Teacher movies like that. They make British, like, hard knocks uh, going into the school and straightening things out kind of movies in uh, Britain. Um, yeah, and they represent their gangs by uh, the color of their umbrellas. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was going to say the color of their knickers, but I was afraid that... Uh, that I would be misunderstood, <laughs> but I just said it. So, <laughs> uh, misunderstood by us or by the audience? Well, by by anyone listening, knickers. <laughs> <laughs> I only uh, say that because I was watching a show one time where the person was like, "Don't get it's something about your knickers," and uh, everyone in the room was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> So now I'm very self-conscious about that word. <laughs> uh, okay, there's there's an actual sort of good song that I found that I was thinking about uh, potentially using. And we're not going to use it um, simply because I think it's probably used in a bunch of other things. This is okay. uh, under the Creative Commons license, uh, non-commercial. Um, and it's called uh, I Feel Fantastic by... Um, uh, Jonathan Colton. Get up early when the sleeping pill wakes me. I take a wake up pill to fill with energy. I power on hard and I check my messages. But I don't have any messages. I take a driving pill and head to my car. I drive around a bit because work isn't very far. I call my phone and I check my messages. But I don't have any messages. So I know driving on drugs is better when they're all I know is the world looks beautiful, the world looks so damn beautiful I feel fantastic, and I never felt as good as how I do right now Except for maybe when I think about what I felt that day When I felt the way that I do right now, right now I feel fantastic, and I never felt as good as how I do right now Except for maybe when I think about what I felt that day When I felt the way that I do right now, right now, right now <laughs> That's uh, cute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
there's a part in that song that comes later on um, that I was thinking that maybe we could just cut out and put between segments. But basically he says, uh, all I know is that this steak tastes better when I take my steak tastes better pill. <laughs> was that what he said? <laughs> well, he didn't. He hasn't said that oh, yet. Oh, not in that part. Yeah, there was he a part that. I couldn't understand. Yeah, well, he, yeah, so he wakes up in the morning and takes his wake-up pill. That's really uh, Yeah, basically the whole thing is about being on drugs, or pres- <laughs> prescribed drugs for sort of normal uh, human functions. <laughs> I like the part about calling his phone to check his messages, but he doesn't have any messages. Yeah, I liked that part too, because uh, once again, well, we'll get to that later. <laughs> um. Can I just uh, insert here that after that second song that you played, uh-huh. uh, so Rory had been lying here next to me sleeping, uh, uh-huh. and when you played that song, she glared at me. <laughs> she lifted her head, <laughs> glared at me, and then got out of bed and went to the closet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Duke did that last night when I was finding songs. Um <laughs> I'm listening with my headphones on right now, so he can't hear anything uh, <laughs> that you guys are, are saying or that's coming through my speakers. But, uh, but yeah, I think that's probably. I mean, if you really wanted to find a way to repel dogs, <laughs> uh, or, or just or, have them judge you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, look up a band called Fake Shark Real Zombie. It's a shame that, that such a good title uh, was wasted. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. The title is called Shame on You Scabs. Uh, okay. <laughs> this is where we're going to put the, uh, the Socrates fail sound <laughs> and, uh, and uh, wrap this segment up. <laughs> so uh, you guys have been listening to uh, Taekwondo the Shame Chronicles. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Um, Melanie and Josh, uh, over the break, you guys were telling me um, about a commercial that you guys saw on TV. Yeah, it was this um, this long promo thing on uh, on PBS late the other night for so a pledge drive. What? Pledge drive. Pledge drive. Yeah. Yeah, um, and it was a five disc compilation of big band music. Sure. Um. <laughs> And I wish, I wish that like I had taken notes of what the two men who were promoting it had said because um, they were. It reminded me of um, whose land is it anyway? When when they have like the two guys and they're sitting on stools and they're like sort of making fun of people who do these like compilation CD promo things uh-huh. <laughs> um, because these two old dudes were like, "Oh, you remember the song?" And then they would like sort of like half sing like a couple lines and like sort of bounce their knee or whatever but they just sounded so ridiculous like they totally sounded like they were making fun of the people who do these compilation CDs just like in Who's Line but they were completely (laughs) dead serious (laughs) it was really great (laughs) and it just went on forever like they never got tired of it yeah we just caught the end of it because uh, I think Rabbit was watching some economist or something before and then this the channel was just on PBS and we came back and they were doing this drive and 
Yeah, it really did feel like it was a, a sketch. Yeah. <laughs> and I I realized um, from the little snatches of songs that they would play that I my impression of how people sang in that time period <laughs> is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> There's what's that song? It's like I've got my love to keep me warm. <laughs> and I only know the one line to it. <laughs> but <laughs> but the way that I sing all those old songs is like with a really shaky voice. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why I can't help it. It's like I've got my love to keep me warm. <laughs> or like uh <laughs> Oh, what's the other one? I'll be seeing you in all the old familiar places. <laughs> and I have to sing them that way. <laughs> I don't know why, but it was it was enjoyable for me at least to watch that really long promo. <laughs> those uh those sort of telethon things are always like six hours long yeah they're real long yeah and we have this bad habit of um if the tv is just on we won't just change the channel or turn it off we just leave it on and then (laughs) that kind of thing plays for like hours at a time (laughs) (laughs) anyway i thought we we should share that because it was pretty funny (laughs) uh just real quick i think i found the song that you're talking about because I, really? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I've ever heard this before. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and play this. Okay. The snow is snowing, the wind is Is this what you're thinking of? I think so, yeah. yeah that's it. The storm, what do I care how much it may storm? Okay, if we play any more, I think we're going to have to like uh, pay somebody <laughs> a bunch of money. <laughs> Well, the next line is the one that I sang. Oh, okay. Well, here we go. I've got my love to keep me warm. I can't. <laughs> See, she sings it with kind of a shaky voice. <laughs> do you think it's that called, maybe... Uh... Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, do you think that maybe that was just like a... Um, a style that they sang with at the time or do you think that that was actually like a problem with like the recording equipment I have always wondered this myself because I I think it's both I think that people heard the way it sounded recorded and then other people were like oh that's how people sing so it's just sort of like a it was like a positive <laughs> feedback loop where like the very first person sounded kind of clear but whoever heard it was like oh there's a little bit of a waver there and then like it just sort of prog- progressed and got out of hand to the point where it's like, uh, like that scene in uh, uh, the Cable Guy where Jim Carrey's scene uh, got somebody to love or whatever it's called. Yes. Do you got somebody to love? Yeah, I think it's exactly like that. <laughs> I think that's the most reasonable explanation. <laughs> Well, I think the only other possibility is that um, at that time, uh, people just had really shaky voices, even when they were talking. <laughs> and uh, it was only through natural selection that we ended up with voices that don't sound like that. <laughs> this is just like uh, the other day I was telling Josh um, that every time I take a shower, I want to sing that Que Sera song. What song? Like, 
It's like, uh, Kesara, Sarah, no, whatever will be, will be. <laughs> it's like just some old song. I don't know. But then I always sing it with like a really ridiculous voice, just like I do all those other old songs <laughs> in the shower. <laughs> And I don't know the whole song, so I just sing the chorus over and over again. Um, incidentally, I found that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess we won't play it. I mean, I'm not going to play like every song we mention. Uh, unless you, I mean, you want to start singing over it or something. No, that's okay. <laughs> uh Okay. Um, have you ever got? Have you guys ever watched? Um, uh, oh, who's that guy who like travels to a bunch of places um, and he writes books Anthony about Bourdain. it? <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> he writes basically travel books, um, like travel guides. Steve's. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, Rick Steve's. Rick Steve's. Okay. Yeah, uh, I watched um, a PBS uh, telethon with him once. Uh, and it was basically just him talking about all the awesome places that he's been. Uh, and then, like, sort of footage of him in Italy or footage of him in France or whatever. Um, and uh, I don't know. I just got this really uh, strong feeling that all of the money that was that was supposed to be going to PBS was going to him so that he could, like, go to other countries and experience them. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, but actually, pretty much every time that we've gone out of the country, we've uh, used his books. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't hate the guy. It's just like a, a really weird thing. Like, you know, if you guys donate money, you'll get to see more of this <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I'll get to travel more. <laughs> yeah. When we were in um, <clears throat> in Siena, we were went to this restaurant and. The guy we were uh, there with had a Rick Steves book with him, and uh, one of the waiter- waiters asked him what year it was, and it was like I guess the most recent one and the one before that. And he was like, "I'm in there," and he told him to turn to a certain page and it, like mentioned the waiter in there. <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, see." It was really cute. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Uh, well, like in the books, like he'll say, you know, if you if you take your book out and leave it on the table, they'll give you a discount or. Uh, like if you just, you know, mention to the, to the waiter or to the owner that you know, or that you have the Rick Steves book, uh, you know, they'll treat you differently. Mm. It's kind of so like So did they like pay to get into the book? <laughs> Is this like advertising basically? <laughs> I think, I like to think of it more like a sort of a mafia thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like an organized travel guide thing. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. a... Um, where, yeah, he's like, he basically goes into place and places and he's like, you know what, uh, you know, if you give everyone a discount, uh, I'll mention you in the book. Uh, he's <laughs> like, but if you don't, I'll say, don't ever go there. Yeah, right. <laughs> sort of like, like, uh, protection money or something. Right. Yeah, really, it's, I think, another positive feedback loop that we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's gotta be the best because Rick Steve said it was the best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's funny because, like, you'll go places that Rick Steve says to go, and you'll see literally, like, 20 other people with his book. Uh-huh. It's like a little Rick like... Steve's club. 
in the book is, you know, this this is the most popular place to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I was going to, well, do you guys want to take another break or do you think we can keep going? I'm good. Okay. So um, we have another edition of Verses this week. Okay. Um, I'm going to call this one uh, Diction Edition. Okay. Um, and it's sort of, uh, you know, to celebrate International Women's Day, which happened this past week, um, all of these are somewhat uh, feminist-related as well. Okay. Um, and basically what this is, is I'm going to give you two words, and you have to tell me which one is better and why. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, so and the, uh, it, I want to point out, I, I won uh, versus last time, right? Um, there's no proof. <laughs> There's no proof of this. Uh, Actually, if I remember correctly, it was a tie. Yeah, that's right, because we gave the same answer on the last one. Check the tapes. (laughs) Oh, well, too bad. (laughs) I think it was 22 and a half to 22 and a half. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, Okay, so the first set of words, uh, comedian versus comedienne. I'm gonna, uh, you want to go first? Like, normally? like both referring to a female, or just the words? Yeah, or, well, I mean, either way, both referring to a female or just the words in general. Uh, well, um, okay, so uh, I took a I took a class on female comics in college. Okay. Um. <laughs> Establishing the ethos. <laughs> yes. I thought it was a satire class, which is what it said. Um, but it was stand-up comedy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I became very familiar with Comedian. Um, okay. I also, I also enjoy the... Uh, it sounds like a French word. Um, sure. Like Canadian or American... <laughs> If it's a female, you like exaggerate the end. So, um, yeah. So, comedian is interesting. The other, on the other hand, though, um, I don't necessarily need, see the need to distinguish female comedians from male comedians because I feel like they're equal. Sure. So, so comedian should work for both, honestly. Um, okay. But I think we should just call everyone comedians. So I'm going to go with comedian. <laughs> but only on the condition that everyone is called comedian. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how about you, Josh? I feel like you uh, stole all the good points there. <laughs> Does that mean I win? <laughs> um, but I, I agree that I, I like just, you know, why not just have a gender neutral word? Um, like, well, never mind. Uh, um, I think you're going to have to do some cutting here. <laughs> uh, there's not going to be any editing at all. So <laughs> uh, maybe I'll just make uh, just put like clown noises or something in <laughs> when there's dead air. Yeah, or play that Jeopardy music. <laughs> sure. Um, I'm going to go with uh, comedian. 
because I hate French sounding words. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, that's all I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Before I score this one, um, we're going to go on to the next one. Cause I think it's kind of related. Um, and I'll sort of give you my opinion on both and then we'll decide who's right, uh, after we do this one. So, uh, and actually Josh, I guess since Melanie went first on the last one, you can go first on this one. Okay. Um, and the two words are history and herstory. <laughs> I know what Josh is going to say already. Do you? I do. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I, I, I kind of want to wait. I want you to go first now to see if you know what I was going to say. <laughs> you uh, hate herstory, don't you? Yeah, I hate herstory. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I hate it for etymological reasons, um, because I don't believe ever in history has anyone thought this is clearly about his story uh, versus her story. Um, and I think that I, I can't say that I know exactly the etymology, but I think that will stand up that uh, the word story really has nothing to do with it, but it's more about um, the word Histoire, I want to say. Uh, like the French histoire? Yeah, but what is that? Does that mean story? <laughs> oh, sorry, that was Rory. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, I think they're doing a yard work out here now. Um, well, I think that it, it does have to do with story. I don't I don't think the his part has any relation whatsoever to uh, the, the masculine pronoun. So, uh, yeah, I'm going with history. <laughs> Um, sorry, Rory is just growling over here. <laughs> you can hear her. Uh, only I can only hear her occasionally, so I think it's okay. Okay. Well, she just crawled under the bed, so maybe she feels safe. <laughs> um, can you hear the uh, chainsaw in the background? No. I can. Okay. Um, I feel like I just came up with a really great one of these words that puts her or she or something into it, but I can't remember what it was. Um. But uh, can I sort of tell a little tangential story really quickly? Sure. So when um, when Josh and I were engaged, we uh, we were spending time at his parents' house, and um, his nieces and nephew were over, and uh, and I can't remember now. Was it Elise or Abby? Do you remember? It was Josh? Abby. It was Abby. She was drawing. Um, She's probably like four. <laughs> yeah, she was like. She was like drawing things and making like like little documents and stuff, and she she came up to me and she asked me, "What's your female?" <laughs> and I was like, "My what?" <laughs> and she meant my email address. <laughs> and I thought that was like the cutest thing ever. Um, <laughs> she also told me that I was Josh's Beyonce, <laughs> his fiance. <laughs> Um, a gendered uh, word for email that's something I could approve (laughs) yeah Um, but that aside I also am just going to go with history because I think history uh, I agree with what Josh has to say about it okay so now I'm going to go back to the first contest um, where Melanie you said comedian provided that 
everybody has to be called comedian instead of comedian. Yes. Um, both, I mean, you're, you're sort of, uh, forcing, forcing people to change the word they use to comedian is really similar to feminists wanting people to change history to herstory. <laughs> uh, I feel a little bit like there's an inconsistency in your logic. Um, <laughs> I just like the word. <laughs> uh, but I understand your point. Um, I was originally going to um, award Josh with the point for comedian because I really hate comedian uh-huh. um, because of its uh, implied um, gender specificity. Uh, right. Or I guess overt gender specificity. <laughs> um <laughs> And from a from a feminist standpoint, um, I'm well. Okay, I consider myself a feminist, um, a lesbian feminist, and um, uh, no, just kidding about the lesbian part. Um, I really don't like words that sort of treat uh, treat genders separately. Like I don't feel like uh, people should have to say a female doctor, right? Um, I agree. Or doctress. Um, <laughs> that sounds like something that's totally unrelated to being a doctor. <laughs> um, so, or a male nurse. Uh, I don't know what you'd call that. I don't know what the male gender-specific oh. word for a nurse would be. But what about a male midwife? Because I thought they should call them mid-husbands. Mid-husbands. <laughs> uh, well, so, I mean, that... I guess that's a different story because I guess traditionally midwives were are women, um, right. and they have been I guess going back through probably the dawn of time. Um, but I I guess you're right. I really don't like the word midwife to just mean that a woman is is the person doing it. Um, uh, but I think, well, I don't know. That's a good that's a good example. We're going to skip that for now. <laughs> um, <laughs> So going back to comedian versus comedian, uh, I do like your idea, though, of making everybody use the word comedian um, and just sort of treating that as the gender-neutral word, Um, because I think comedian is funnier than comedian, just the word itself, uh, but not necessarily its meaning. Um, And so going to uh, history and herstory... Uh, now, herstory is an is a word created by feminists, uh, right. a certain a certain sect of feminists. Um, I don't want to speak for all feminists here, uh, and I think it was created by um, or coined by I don't remember the woman's name. Uh, so, feminists, please send me emails about how I'm screwing this up. But. Uh, she wrote this book called Gyne Ecology. Uh, and like G-U-Y? G-Y-N hyphen ecology. Ecology, okay. Yeah. Um, and I, I started reading this book because uh, Lauren took a bunch of sort of uh, women's studies classes, and this is one of the books that she uh, had to buy for one of her classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started reading it because it was on our bookshelf, and I had no idea what this book was about. Um, and in the first 10 pages, 
the author of this book basically created like a hundred new words uh, <laughs> that all sort of put a a um, female twist on uh, on basically every word that she could. Okay. Um, did she address the word seminal? I'm sure she did. <laughs> Probably. I don't really remember it that well. But I do remember, I'm pretty sure that uh, herstory was used uh, in that book. And she basically uses all of these words. I feel like she thinks she's being really clever uh, mm-hmm. when she uses them. Uh, like, she'll just sort of present the word without any other um, uh, sort of commentary on, on using that word. Uh, just sort of like sneaking it in there, um, and I really like don't like. Cody. Sorry, uh, uh, I really don't like that kind of feminism. Um, so, and I, I really hate the word history because, Josh, I agree with you. History doesn't have uh, an implied gender connotation. So, not the word itself. Uh, right. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, I guess the concept of history does, because traditionally the people who record history have been men. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the word itself doesn't. Uh, so, I guess going back to the the first um, two words, comedian versus comedian, I'm going to award you both a point. Um, originally, I was just going to award a point to Josh, but I think, Melanie, your idea of making comedian the gender-neutral word for comedian, I think that's pretty clever. Uh, I would I would also say a third option of comic would also be fine with me. Sure, but you can't really uh, you can't really make that feminine. No, I know, but I mean, I'm That's saying it's point, right? gender it's gender neutral. <laughs> Comicstress. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure. Okay. So, um, you guys both get a point for the first round. For the second round, you guys also both get a point for rejecting herstory. Okay. <laughs> uh, which is a terrible word. And um, so let's move on to the, the final round. You guys are both tied. And um, this one's basically two acronyms. And this is more of like a, a would you rather okay. kind of scenario. The first one is WMP, uh, which stands for white male privilege. <laughs> and the other one is WMD. Which stands for Weapons of Mass Destruction. <laughs> and the question here is, what would you rather live with? At, like, <laughs> would, we, would we rather live with the acronym, or would we rather live with the thing it stands for? <laughs> the, the thing it stands for. Oh. What is worse, white male privilege or weapons of mass destruction? Aren't they pretty much related? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you want to go first again, Mom? I guess I'd rather live with white male privilege, since we pretty much already do. <laughs> well, we also pretty much live with weapons of mass destruction, so... Well, what are you talking about when you say living with? I mean, so weapon, so probably white male privilege affects you more on a day-to-day basis than weapons of mass destruction, but weapons of mass destruction still exist. Um, right. Just like white male privilege does. So, if there was I mean, a world, I... if there was a world where you could remove one of those things but not the other, which of those things would you keep, and which one of those things would you remove? Well, I guess there's always the possibility that uh, 
you remove weapons of mass destruction, but then white male privilege eventually comes back around to them anyway. Oh, so you think that weapons of mass destruction are sort of a byproduct of white male privilege? Probably. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what's your answer? Well, <laughs> I mean, I do think <laughs> that uh, weapons of mass destruction are much more dangerous, like uh, immediately more dangerous. So, uh. I should remind you, this is maybe <laughs> a little bit unfair. Um, well, I guess Josh hasn't gone yet, so he'll get the same hint. But this, uh, this edition of Verses is brought to you by International Women's Day. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, but the other thing is, like, uh. Usually, men are more involved with weapons of mass destruction than women are. Um, so I feel like they're both about men. They're definitely both phallic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you might say the way that our... The, I mean, currently, the more dangerous thing is white male privilege since weapons of mass destruction are not necessarily unleashed on people all the time. Sure. So maybe if you got rid of white male privilege, then women would step up and get people to get rid of their weapons of mass destruction as well. I'm going to go with, I would rather, (laughs) this sounds terrible. (laughs) (laughs) That's why this is the, would you rather question? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to just have faith. That without white male privilege, we could get rid of weapons of mass destruction. So I'm going to say I'd rather live with weapons of mass destruction. Okay. Josh, I feel like, Josh as um, a white male, I know that this question is going to be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> but please answer as truthfully as you can. <laughs> well, I'd like to start by saying I feel like I should get um, a little bit of a bonus because I had my answer a lot earlier than Melanie. (laughs) Where's Uh, the proof? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I'm going to go with weapons of mass destruction as well. Um, I'll I'll see if I can say it in a slightly different way so it doesn't just sound like I'm saying the same thing. Um, But I think that a... uh, I think white male privilege is actually more dangerous than weapons of mass destruction. Um, because for one thing, it's not always as obvious. So right. it's a, a harder problem to identify and then to, uh, to fix. Uh, whereas weapons of mass destruction, assuming that, you know, they are where you think they are, <laughs> <laughs> they're a little bit easier to get rid of. Um, and then also, um, I, I agree with the idea that weapons of mass destruction are probably a product of white male privilege um, and the idea of privilege in the first place. So the only reason I would hesitate would be to say that um, if there wasn't white male privilege, there might be some other type of privilege that would ultimately result in weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> uh, but I'm still going to, I'm going to go with the WMDs. Okay. Uh, I just want to go back to something you said um before you gave your explanation. Uh, and that is 
you were hoping to get a bonus <laughs> for coming up with your answer before Melanie. Right, as a white and, male, I was hoping to get a bonus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, so I agree with you both. Um, white male privilege is more dangerous because it's literally like 10 people, 10% of the people in the world affecting everyone else. Um, and, but, and it's also something that's like really hard to identify, right? I mean, Josh, you just sort of proved that by saying that you think you should get a bonus. Um, I mean, I guess you, (laughs) (laughs) that's true. I mean, I guess your, your reason for, for getting a bonus wasn't necessarily because you're white and male, uh, but just that you feel like that that's an option for you. Uh, sort of expresses your your privilege so um but but you both are right uh, and i guess uh because of that we're going to end this round in a tie uh just like last week so uh i guess we're probably going to have to have another tiebreaker next week uh where maybe i mix it up a little a little more so um i guess that's going to do it for for this week's edition of verses um and to all the ladies out there uh, <laughs> uh, happy International Women's Day. Um, you guys are listening to Taekwondo, The Shame Chronicles. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Um, guys, I just wanted to uh, wrap up the show by... Um, going over all of the the voice messages and all the emails that everyone's been sending in. Um, as you know from last week, uh, you know last week we didn't get any calls or emails, um, and uh, I had this note uh, in the in the notes for the show where I said just generally berate the audience, um, but of course nobody was able to hear last week's show. So uh, really, I just want to. Well, I made another note um, for this week's show that says continue to generally berate the audience. (laughs) And I'm going to do that now. So, uh, guys, listeners, you really need to step up and, you know, start calling in. Because, uh, as I mentioned last time... As I mentioned last time, uh, we need to have probably a good 20 to 30 minutes of the show where where I don't have to produce anything. I don't have to come up with any ideas. Uh, We can just listen to what you're saying. We can talk about it. Um, I mean, I don't know if you guys realize this, but I literally throw myself into every episode. um, And I just, I don't know if I can do it, you know, at this level for much longer. So uh, please, if if you guys have anything at all that you want to talk about, uh, please call in. And... Uh, sort of as a continuation from what we uh, talked about earlier, um, we have this haiku contest. Um, in the last episode, we mentioned all of the really awesome prizes. Um, <laughs> but basically, this is how the contest works. Uh, you either send us an email with a haiku or preferably call our voice line um, and tell us your haiku. Uh, the rules are that it must have the correct number of syllables. Um, that's pretty much the only rule. Uh, it it must be funny. Otherwise, we're going to make fun of you. Um, 
and and at the end of the contest there will be a winner and that winner will get something uh really awesome so uh so please dial in uh the number is uh 914 shame uh that's 914-407-4263 uh, you can also send us an email at uh, shamechronicles at gmail dot com. Um, so those are the yeah. the primary ways of of reaching us. You can also reach um, probably any of us on Facebook, um, but it would be better if you called in. So, um, do you want to remind them what the correct number of syllables is? Um, or should <laughs> they should have known from last time, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we we talked about it extensively last time. Um, how many <laughs> syllables are in a, a proper haiku? So, you also gave uh, good examples of what was funny. Yeah, really good examples. Um, and unfortunately, uh, Josh was disqualified with his haikus for <laughs> for this version of the contest. He ended up winning last time um, because yeah. there weren't there wasn't any competition. Uh, but he's not able to re-enter those. So you guys have a pretty good chance of winning um, if you send us anything. So also. Can I'd like to add a, a mild threat. Sure. <laughs> so if nobody calls in or sends an email, I'm going to use up at least 10 to 20 minutes of our podcast reading the driest sections of Tess of the Durbervilles that I can find. Ouch. Yeah. Um, can I make a, a slight alteration to that, um, that idea? Sure. And that is, could you just record that by yourself? <laughs> and then I'll edit it into the show. So that way Josh and I don't have to sit through it. <laughs> I could probably do that. Or maybe you could just uh find like an online version of it and we'll play it through the uh the voice or the text to voice uh thing. That would be the best. That would be good, yeah. Yeah, so it'll be like a weird computer voice reading the driest part of Tess of the Durbervilles. Yes. Um uh, just all I, of it. I, I had a question. Uh is there a uh a deadline for submission for the haiku? Well, I mean, Contest. preferably before we record the next podcast. Um, I'm not saying that that's when the, the contest is going to end, but, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, there's no there's no hard end date yet. Uh, we'll probably wait until we feel like we have enough entries. Uh, but we okay. are going to sort of uh, play them or read them uh, as we go. So whatever comes in by the time we record the next episode, we will be sure to play those or read those on the air. Will they? Will there be a um, a voter component to who wins, a la uh, American Idol style, where uh, people call in to vote for who they think is best? Um, yeah, I mean, you can uh, you can dial in and just leave us uh, a voice message. Um, just like press the one key on your <laughs> phone for the first person, uh, the two key for the second person, etc. <laughs> and we'll run that through our, um, our complicated <laughs> algorithm to determine who uh-huh. we're voting for. Um, so that would mean that there wouldn't be a vote. There wouldn't be a winner until after the next podcast. Uh, Unless true. they want to blindly vote, you could call <laughs> in and press whatever number you think should win. Yeah, and if you, I mean, so so call in and, and press the number, but also leave your name, because we're going to have a secondary contest for people <laughs> who try to guess the winner uh, before they hear it. So, I mean, probably your best bet is to just dial a one, uh, just in case we only get one entry. Um, <laughs> there's a chance we could get more than that, um, but uh, but yeah, 
whoever whoever dials in and, and pushes the number on their their touchtone telephone um, won't necessarily <laughs> be voting uh, on the winner. They'll just be entering a secondary contest to see if <laughs> they win. I will say this uh, about haiku in general. Um, there's really no need to feel like if you've never written a haiku, you can't enter the contest. Um, because writing haiku is a great experience because it, it's like the most productive writing you can ever do. You can write like 10 in 10 minutes. Uh, yeah. The only thing that should prevent you from sending a haiku is if you're not funny. <laughs> well, right? I don't even, no, I don't think that should prevent you. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think the the main thing that should prevent you from sending in your haiku is the wrong syllable count. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't That's do that. That's true. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to prevent anyone from sending in anything, even if you think it's bad, um, as long as you understand that we're going to make fun of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's true. Um, it's just, uh, that's what haiku is for in general, I think. <laughs> yeah, making fun of the author. Uh, so, Josh, I have a question. I think I've been pronouncing this wrong this entire time. The plural form of haiku is haiku? I have no idea. Only oh. if you're Josh. Yeah, that might be my, my personal thing. <laughs> <laughs> I might only do that because I feel weird saying haikus. Okay. Well, I mean... I guess technically adding the adding the letter S to the end of a Japanese word doesn't make it plural. <laughs> That's um, my guess. <laughs> uh, I guess if it was like Italian, it would be like haiki, because uh, the I makes things plural. But um, I don't think any word in Italian ends with U. According to uh, to Wikipedia, there is no separate uh, plural form. For haiku. Okay. Well, just to be clear, you can send in multiple haiku if you want to. Um, you don't have to just send in one. So, um, guys, uh, copy that phone number down. Just store it in your phone or something. Uh, anytime anything happens to you, give us a call. Uh, <laughs> you can treat it as sort of your um, like your audio blog. And uh, the people on our end, uh, we're going to have to you know hire. Um, probably outsource some of this to India uh, <laughs> to have people go through and listen to all these calls that we're going to get. Um, but don't feel bad about calling in multiple times or calling in and leaving like a five-hour voice message. Somebody's going to listen to it. Uh, okay, so we actually... Like a, a crisis hotline, even. <laughs> well... But one where no one's going to answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'll be a week before somebody answers it. So if you know something is going to happen in like five days' time... Um, and you don't need an answer right away, then you can call us, but that probably won't be uh, like an emergency type type of deal. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we actually did get uh, one email over the past, uh, I guess, three weeks that we haven't had anything uh, up. Um, and Melanie, this is from our mom. <laughs> so uh, we, had, we had discussed previously about um, reading back our emails using a computer voice. Um, and I was able to find a way to do that. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully this won't sound too terrible. Um, but I think this voice will probably be closer to mom's voice than mine will be. So, uh, so here goes. I'm really excited about this. <laughs> Hi guys. Just wondering when the next podcast will be. Love, mom. 
<laughs> Can you play it again? <laughs> you want me to play it again? Yeah. There was a lot there. I really need to absorb it. Sure. Here goes. Hi, guys. Just wondering when the next podcast will be. Love, Mom. <laughs> Love, Mom. <laughs> it's like she wasn't sure. Yeah, it's a bit of a question. A bit of an uncertainty Hi, there. Podcast. <laughs> um, well, Mom, just to answer your question, uh, the new episode will go up today. I'm not going to give a date, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, now, this thing you're listening to now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably, I mean, that brings up sort of another question um, as far as, like, you probably don't want to, you know, go to the website and just refresh, like, every five minutes to see when you get an episode. So the easiest way to, to figure out if we have a new episode is to subscribe on iTunes. Um, you can just search for Shame Chronicles, and uh, we're the first podcast that comes up. Um also, uh, we have an RSS feed. There's a link on the website. So if you have, like, a, I don't know, something that's not a iDevice, uh, I think you <laughs> can probably subscribe to things via RSS feeds there. So, I don't know, guys, do you have anything to add to that? Nope. Okay. Um, <laughs> subscribing subscribing would be a good way to people to let them to let you know that they're listening, right? Is that right? Um. Yeah, I mean, if we were keeping track of downloads, I guess that would be something smart we should be doing. Um, I would, I would just assume there are a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, so just to give you guys an idea, last month we had uh, seventeen gigabytes worth of downloads, um, which each podcast is probably roughly sixty sixty megabytes. Um, mm-hmm. And we had about 20 unique visitors to the website. Uh, nice. Probably, I don't know, four or five of those were from us three. <laughs> uh, me, mainly. Um, so, I don't actually listen. It, <laughs> what did you, you just, say? I said I don't actually listen. <laughs> Um, I mean, if if you were to do the math on that, I think that means that people are probably listening to each episode about five times, <laughs> which might be skewing the numbers a little bit. But now that we're in iTunes, um, it's a good way to hopefully bring this to, to more people. Also, if you're a listener and you think we're funny, uh, please tell your friends about it. Uh, point a, point them to the website or point them to the, the podcast in iTunes. Um, and if you feel like it, uh, leave us a leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, um, and that'll help us uh, find an audience of more people. So but don't um, say mean things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're gonna leave, uh, you know, three stars or less, please just send me an email, <laughs> and we'll work through whatever problems you're having. Um, <laughs> but if you have your four or five star reviews, go ahead and leave those on iTunes. Um, and that'll really help us out so uh, guys was there anything else you wanted to talk about before we wrap this thing up nope Uh, I'd just like to give a shout out to Philip Seymour Hoffman (laughs) I think think you should um, give him an open invitation to come on the show Uh, yeah I think we did that last time Um, (laughs) yeah so I mean the invitation still stands I guess that's the the point of an open invitation um, right. but yeah, uh, PSH, if you're out there, um, you know, 
give us a call, leave us a voice message uh, with your home number, and I'll get back to you. <laughs> um, also, if you're uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's publicist and you happen to be listening to this podcast, I'm going to basically tag every podcast from now on with Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully we'll get some uh, some traction there. Um, again, just uh, just get in contact with me, and we'll see what we can do to to you know get him on the show and boost his popularity a little bit. <laughs> By at least twenty. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, fifteen if you if you take me out. So uh, <laughs> so uh, anyway, I think that's probably going to do it for the show. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, Josh, for uh, for coming on and uh, being our guest host again. Um, one more thing I want to I want to say is if you guys are out there, you're listening, and you want to be a host on the show, um, just give me a call or leave a voice message or send me an email or whatever, and uh, we'll see what we can do to set that up. Um, but uh, anyway, thanks for listening uh, to Taekwondo Shame Chronicles, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Thank you.